0: that music you know what time it is it's time for david's winners and losers david go ahead
1: all right winners and losers from an action-packed week of college football and professional football last weekend we'll start off with the winners as always and we're going to go out in westwood and start with the ucla bruins i don't know if this is just a chip kelly revival tour or if it's UCLA is actually in that period of stretch where they have at once every couple of years where UCLA football is actually relevant. But beating Utah, Utah kind of being one of those top tier Pac 12 teams, at least for the current um, edition or rendition of the conference. But yeah, UCLA football seeming like a team of destiny. I don't want to say that this means that they're going to beat USC and. You know, be a dark dark horse of the college football playoff. Probably not going to happen. But can UCLA make it to the Rose Bowl and have a de facto home game? Possibly. You just never know.
2: Well, David, I think it's also going to – I think a couple things. One, it's set up for a showdown with USC at the end of the year, provided that both teams can get through the rest of the Pac-12 slate unscathed. I know SC's got a tough one tonight at Utah. Uh, under the lights, blackout game, but UCLA. Have, uh, I have to wonder if any of their fans are going to show up because you watch a home game that Rose Bowl is always empty. Yeah, well, it is.
1: And we, we talked about this a little bit when they faced T V at the beginning of the season. Like, it's not as though similar to kind of UT where the stadium is on the campus, or even in the case of like Ohio State where. Like you can walk to it, you can take buses. Like you're driving to the stadium.
0: That is true too.
1: But it, it's hard to for students one, you're in LA, so it's like I can either go to the sporting event that's, you know, miles and miles away, or I can just hang out in LA. Two, it's also you know, how I many people are other than like when did UCLA really had huge student body attendances. Not just even because the campus is so far away. Like, no one's driving to Pasadena, like, if you don't have to. <laughs> like, like, maybe, like, for the Rose Bowl, yes, that makes sense. For high-profile games, that makes sense. But um, until the games actually matter, and I think now that the team is starting to have realistic shots, of making it to the championship game, now they might start to matter. But again, it's eighteen to twenty-two year olds. Like, why am I wasting time going out to see a football game? Like, there are lots of students, like the Glass Bowl is barely packed most games.
0: Well, there's some tailgaters out here right game. now. There's tailgaters actually out right now by the Rocket Hall side. Just letting you know.
1: But I mean, like, how many sellouts has the Glass Bowl had? And it's literally right smack in the middle of campus like like students are going to go to football games all that often. they may go a couple times a year you know unless you're deeply invested or if you know DraftKings. yeah keep going. All right, another winner and I granted they lost to the TCU but the Kansas Seattles football and for the sheer fact that Kansas football had the entire country, Yelling at ESPN, say if you do not go to college and send College Game Day to Lawrence, Kansas, there was going to be an uproar. I was looking at message boards; there were TCU fans, there were Kansas State fans, like neutrals were like, "This is a Cinderella story." Kansas football—we know Kansas is not a football school, have not been in a long while.
2: Has it ever been? Not since uh, 2007.
0: Yeah, and the Rockets played them, remember? I believe. In Lawrence. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, like we don't think of Kansas as a... No one thinks of Kansas as a football school. I was kind of joking and seeing on one message board. Within 10 years, it's going to be an old Miss situation where we're going to find out about impermissible benefits. Mm-hmm. Like, like, Kansas is not a football school, but for them to get their one shining moment, recognizing their undefeated season where they actually were worthy of... Being not only ranked, but having college game day and their top matchup, send us to Kansas. Give them, give them the little closest of the poor some love. Mm-hmm. Um, really quick, we'll get to it possibly in the Rocket recap or not, but Toledo Rockets, also known as the Quinion Mitchell show, four interceptions, two to the house, one, I mean, the first one, I mean, I could have ran that in for a six. Mm-hmm. But just go to the show, just, and I don't want to, you know, to went too off, but where, where was this going up against Marvin Harrison Jr.? Like, you wound up against him. Like, where was this aggressive? Like, where was this in Columbus? That, da- David,
2: as as if I may, Ohio State and Northern Illinois do not exist in the same universe. Mm, that's true.
1: Yeah, but, but are you playing up against the name on the back of the jersey or the name on the front? Because if you're lining up against somebody, that's just another player to you. If you're giving them respect and saying, "Oh, this is you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. going to play in the NFL," then you've already lost the mental battle. Like, so that, that's just that's just for me. Like, I'm glad that we finally beat Northern Illinois, because If we would have lost that, there would have been a lot of people, a lot more people calling for Coach Candle's head. But, well, one step
0: closer to Detroit. Right, it is. It is one step closer to Detroit. Um, yeah, that, that, that is crazy. But you're right, Marvin Harrison's is on totally different level. And plus, Northern Illinois is on a downswing this year. Still, a great victory. I, I'm not complaining. But you're trying to compare that to Ohio State. That's that's not really fair, though. But keep going. Oh, just,
1: yeah, just. Don't worry about the front of the jersey, helmets, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, just play your game and good things will happen, including a school record for interception. All right. Transitioning to the pro game and a little bit across you now, across college, the state of New York in terms of football. Obviously, Syracuse Orange getting ready to play North Carolina State today, ranked. Um, and then the Giants and the Jets getting improbable victories last week. The Giants being the Packers in London. I guess Aaron Rodgers really misses Devontae Adams more. Well, I guess Devontae Adams misses them more. We'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Jets just pouring it on against the Dolphins. Granted, the Dolphins down to their third-string quarterback. keep them sh- keep, of the keep new keep protocol the, rules.
0: Remember, uh, keep those receipts.
1: He's keeping those receipts, and I mean... They're, they're looking good. They're, they're looking good. And it's not because of their quarterback. It's because they have two great running backs in Carter and Hall. And I think if they just rely on their running game and basically tell Zach Wilson and not sleep things up, the Jets could be, they could scare some teams. And then the, the last team... Actually, getting a victory and what was probably like the third or fourth worst game of the week, the Houston Texans, but mainly just because I said at the beginning of the season, you know, Texans would go winless, and they got the win. But also, and transitioning to losers for a minute, good God, Trevor Lawrence is bad. Like, like I, I don't know if it's just. A second-year syndrome? But people, there are legitimate conversations in Jacksonville as to whether to move on from Trevor Lawrence based upon the last three or four weeks. And what can you say? Yeah. Congratulations to the Texans for getting off the schneid finally.
2: Well, David, going back to Trevor Lawrence, is that talk more prevalent than talk in the Motor City about getting rid of Dan Campbell?
1: No. No, I think, and part of one of my losers is a um, revenge game. Um, Matt Patricia did that. Like, that was all a uh, Matt Patricia revenge game and the Lions literally having two people to throw to. Like, they. The, the Lions often had zero, like, other than TJ Hawkinson out there, like, who else? Name a player out there for that Lions offense if you are not a Detroit Lions fan or had fans, the implications. Like, even the fans couldn't name half those players. And granted, the Patriots had, you know, up and down with their quarterback situation, being injured, is it the Zachy era, um... But yeah, when your offense is decimated, there's little that you can do. Just like when your defense is decimated, thinking about our team. We have we have literally two players in our secondary. And yet, you know, we're go- we're supposed to contend with the Buffalo Bills. Like I wasn't surprised that we got the break speed off of bus. Because Josh Allen's pretty good. Stephon Diggs is really good. Those wide receivers are good. And when you don't have second when you don't have your Starting caliber secondary players, there is a significant decline between your first team and the second team, or your starters and your reserve guys, for a reason. Like like I'm not surprised that the Lions struggle, I'm not surprised that the Steelers struggle.
2: Keep going.
0: Keep going. <sighs>
1: As, as we say as we say in the professional game, we're going to, one of my losers is just idiot coaches in general. Um, so we can start off with Zach Taylor in Cincinnati. Why are you just take the point. You can see everyone in the city of Cincinnati saying take the point for Baltimore to go do something miracle. A lot of questionable solutions there. Cliff Kingsbury. My favorite head coach, part of this is him, and part of it is Kyler Murray wanting to worry about Call of Duty more instead of actually being able to get a first down that you probably could have done had you not split. But, you know, questionable decision. They kind got fired in Carolina. Just that whole situation. You were doomed from the start, after all. Um, Granted, the Chargers won, but that whole fourth quarter where Keenan Allen's like, what the bleep are you doing? And letting everybody know, what the bleep are you doing? Granted, again, they won, so it goes a little bit under the radar, but fourth and one.
2: Yeah. Da- well, David, can I nominate Dan Campbell for going for it on fourth and nine? And it ends up resulting in a defensive score. You want him fired now? I'm not. No, I'm not going to ask for him to be fired now. But I, I'll say this: that if they're not showing, if the lines aren't showing marked improvement from last year, when they have way more talent at this this time around, then Campbell's seat had better be a raging inferno. Oh, going into year three. So, so, are you tired of all the sound bites and breaking knees and chewing ankles? <sighs> Some of that stuff has gotten old, I'll, I'll be honest. It's like, you know what? You can go, be this rah-rah wrestling character, but the other day, are you going to win football games?
0: Yeah, that's what you
2: got to ask him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get, gave, I gave him a pass for last year. He had had no talent, and on the roster, her, I mean, late in the season, got better. Her, they competed in games. Yeah, there was something they lost close, but this time around, hound offense looked good except for New England, but the defense has just been a bucket of vomit. <laughs> And I still don't know why Aaron Glenn hasn't been fired yet. If anyone needs to go, it's him.
1: It's probably also who can you come? who can get? Who can you com- bring in to replace him? it's not just you know fire him, but then do you promote? Like who do you promote? Do you promote secondary
2: coach? I'd, pr- secondary I'd, coach, I'd say, I would. I mean if. Coach? If if anyone gets promoted to DC in the interim, I'd probably say maybe Kelvin Shepard, linebackers coach. That'd be that's just me throwing darts out there. There, Aubrey Pleasant, the defensive backs coach, would be I think would be a possibility as well. No, but stuff's got stuff's got to get better, better. and it can't just be Dan Campbell ending ever since with. Man, man.
0: <laughs> well, I know eventually you'll try to get rid of him, and you'll give him a cool nickname like you did, you know, Patrasha and all that. Uh, I'm not. T- I'm, Campbell's
2: got to go, and now it's gonna be, you know. Well, I'm not. No, way am I saying he's got to go now? Paul will had to go. Yeah, okay. I'm not. I'm not saying he's got to go right now. Okay. I'm just. I want to put that. Make that real clear. But if stuff doesn't get better, better, and it's a lot of the. Same old stuff as last year. Here, then I think his seat's going to be a raging inferno going into year three. Mm -hmm. And that means, yeah, he's going to have to make staff changes. His Brad Holmes is going to be on him to get some better personnel in. And then we'll go from there. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Continuing on with um, just things that need to change, just Thursday night football in general. Now, usually I keep like them separate, so usually I don't talk about the Thursday night game that we just saw, but I'm just including it because these were the two worst football games that I've seen in my life. Like, understand And when I say that Colts Broncos was bad, just because I was expecting the Colts to kind of wake up after looking embarrassing to start the season and having this lost. And the Broncos, I'm tired of seeing the Broncos on primetime. Like, let's stop this. Like, uh, and they're on Monday Night Football again. Like, I, whoever decided to put the Broncos on primetime television to force Russell Wilson down our throats needs to be fired. along and Derek, I know you'll, you'll probably have your own thing about the Bears, but if you have the ball three times within the five yard line, How many points do you expect to score? At at least nine. Mm. At least take three field goals. Like, that's convention. At at best, you get nine points. Or, 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 actually, at worst, you get nine points. At best, you get three touchdowns. Bears couldn't hit the Bronx out of the bar. And everyone's saying, oh, you could have thrown to David Montgomery. That was his fifth read, and he said that himself. Darnell Mooney should have scored a touchdown. That's plain and simple. Mooney, you de- you deserve all the stuff that you get. Like I I feel bad for Justin Fields because he literally has no one out there for a while. He was the team's lead rusher. Like th- yeah, if that says in our game, with that game was bad. Derek, I'll let you talk about your bears.
0: No, nah, they just, they are what we thought they were. They're terrible. I mean, And the national media is starting to see that. You don't have any receivers. You don't have any line. And Justin Fields might not be a star as far as upper echelon quarterbacks. What else do you want me to say? We've been saying the same thing on this show for the last four or five weeks and even during preseason. So there's nothing much more to say. But Thursday night football does need to, get, needs to go. Um, I, I think the players don't recover as well. I think the first couple weeks, Thursday night football is good because people are healthy. I think if you have it sporadically, I think they should just get rid of it and just have it, you know, on on Thanksgiving. That's the special time of Thursday night football. But I doubt we'll go in that direction because they want to make money. But no matter what teams you put out there, it's just a bad product because the the players need to recover, especially when we start getting to this point in the season where the weather's changing and people are dinged up. You already know what they're trying to do. They're trying to keep their players healthy. You know, you're going to get a long uh, week, after the Thursday night game, but the
2: this, this the turnaround is just too much, and it's just bad football. And even I think even Al Michaels is getting tired of it too. He, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's 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 just bad football. Yeah.
1: one one final from the NFL, and I think I'll let you out before that. Some of the refereeing officiated, <laughs> some of these calls. I'm I'm not going to say that. I mean, with the Brady one, we know Tom Brady's been paying referee on the table for years. You know, he had to cough up eleven K for his accidental on kick was like everyone was like shocked and done. But the officiating
2: little questionable
1: the Monday night football game, Raiders Chief.
2: Uh, well okay, David. I'll I'll come on say you have well, the roughing the passer on Grady Jarrett. Even Tom Brady said that that wasn't roughing the passer. So, take that for what it's worth. And then I think the Monday night game, came. that one. I mean, I I didn't see it, but uh pretty much Troy Aikman said it was ridiculous. And I'm and I guess the NFL, they're I think it's really just more reactive after Tua Tagovailoa got a concussion. and uh, They're just being way too reactive, and they're going to start calling these roughing the passer penalties a lot more tighter.
1: Yeah, and to the point, I listened to a couple of former defensive linemen just kind of talking throughout the week, and it's like, that's a defensive line. When you're having to start to think about where you can hit a quarterback, then you, you know then that's when players get injured and that's when the penalties come and that's when things happen. So, like, it, it can't be a forced home because you're thinking, oh, you only have a certain amount. Yeah, it, it I know that we're in protect, protecting the quarterback, particularly after what happened with Tua, but, like, at some point, the, ga- the game's going to look a lot different now than it di- did even five years ago. Uh, without the officiating, good All right, wrap it up. And then the last one, I guess this is just a Frankfield segment Michigan State. Um, has the hot, has you know, has the sea gone raging inferno? Time to fire Mel Tucker.
2: I'm or, not, David.
1: I, I'm just saying that that's what people are saying. And he's that's what people are saying about Michigan State. It's time to, you know, get rid of him. He's done all he can. This
2: messenger. I mean, look I'm gonna get I am um, I. I mean, look I'm being patient with it yeah, I'm giving up to the rest of this season Try and get better I mean, look, they're playing Wisconsin today Wisconsin's not good uh, They just whacked Paul Christ I mean, we'll see what Jim Leonard can do I say, oh well, Wisconsin beat Northwest. Northwestern Is crap But, I mean, if if it gets to the point in the offseason where Tucker pulls a D'Antonio and says, oh, we had a bad season, but I'm not making any changes. Then maybe we can have the conversation, but for now, let's we'll just let this play out, but I think Tucker is definitely someone who will he's not content to just let stuff sit around and keep his keep his uh, church buddies around and basically run in a country club like D'Antonio was in the last year's. So we'll see what happens. I don't know what he's gonna do, but I, I've said it on this show. I'll say it again. If anyone's gone, it's gonna be Scotty Hazelton, the defensive coordinator, or it's probably most likely I could see possibly Jay Johnson, the offensive coordinator, getting let go as well. But again, I'm just gonna I'm gonna let it play out. Out. Take care of your business. I mean, granted, there's been some things that they've done that have been better. I'm not going to complain and moan about getting beat by Ohio State because I know that they're that much better. I mean, there were some, there are some things that uh, they did in that game that I liked scheme-wise. But we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, if they don't win... Yeah, they're probably not making a bowl game this year. I've already accepted that. But like I said, if it comes down to... Who Tuck not making any staff changes in the off season, and keeping everybody around? Then we'll talk. You good there.
1: Yeah. That's, that's I, feel, good. I feel
2: like you're kind of shell shocked that I'm not screaming for. We <laughs> are because usually are trying to get somebody fired. I
1: mean, yeah.
2: Usually it's. Well, that that firing. there's a no, l- there's context, guys. Point it's, point when it's when it's. It's when there's been years plural of this of the same ineptitude. That's what that's why there was certain coaches in the Detroits in the pro, in the professional scene in Detroit that I wanted gone because it was constantly same song different verse every year. Why is it that though Caldwell with Patricia and Campbell, the same thing so is it the coach? Well, look, Cal- Caldwell was not good at making in-game decisions. I said that, and then, of course, Patricia was just bad all around. Now, to begin with... What about Wayne Fonts? <laughs> I didn't really think too much about that when I was a lot younger. Mm-hmm. Okay. all I know, All I know is... All I know is more... I do remember a lot of being per, pretty satisfied when Marty, the first, the earliest I can remember being happy that a coach was kid was Marty
0: Morningway. Yes, which went 0 in
2: sixteen. No, they, no, no, that was Marinelli. I thought Morningway went on. No, they, he oh, didn't. They, he had
0: some bad records, though.
2: Yeah, he, yeah, he was pretty horrid as a coach. Oh, everybody was pretty happy that he was gone. He's know the same you know. guy who took he you might remember Derek took the wind in overtime. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> like who does that? Yeah. Well, we thought Frank would probably went off
2: with of people's heads. You like to give the coaches the guillotine a lot of times. Well, depends on it depends like how long it's been going on. Oh, okay. I mean, one, one year, um, unless they've done something egregiously mm-hmm. bad. And it's a different story. Mm -hmm. I mean, if they go and they're they're just a complete complete A.H. or just a bad person in general, Mm -hmm. well, it's a different story. But if it's a case where they don't have talent there, there in one year, I'm willing to be patient, but it's basically get better guys in, Make some changes, but if you're just content to be like sit, just sit on your ass and do nothing, that's where we're gonna have a problem.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, well we'll finish this up because we gotta get to your hockey segment as well. And uh, kicking it with Nate's coming on at two o'clock, but uh, you also do Dan Snyder segment. So you want to do hockey, Dan? Let's Snyder- hit.
2: Let's hit on Dan Snyder first, since we're still in football, and I at least want to start off David. Are you gonna make Dan Snyder a loser? I
1: mean, he's been a loser for decades. Okay. I mean, that's just
2: uh, perpetual. Yeah, because I want I wanted to hit on this because a lot of this uh, stuff from the Seth Wickersham article. Well, then we're gonna have to do another yeah.
0: segment because I know you're gonna get long-winded. And the segment's already long as well. Yeah, so we'll just we'll just wrap that up. Listen to 88.3 WTs. after further review. Thanks, David, for the winners and losers. We'll come back. Wow, the segment with Dan snyder a lot to digest here back here on 88.3 WTTs after further review make sure you always check us out on soundcloud and itunes WHTS after further review uh segment pages for you if you missed the show or you miss any of the segments we posted right up there for you to view also after further review sports show on facebook which is also on our facebook live and we are afr sports show for twitter when we return we talk a little dan snyder 88.3 WHTS after further review